sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. as we were told so and the, the lady bishop told us you might be crying because of the precious seed but do not despair do not be dismayed because she says God will come at the right time and if it is a precious seed you have to go through some weeping and weeping may endure for a night but joy shall surely come in the morning God bless you. Mama, we welcome you once again. And I am tempted not to read your profile because now you have become one of us. Because the profile now makes us to feel like you are on the other side. And yet we have welcomed you already. I want you, all of you here in this place, to understand when God releases the mother of nations, he's given us somebody where we can suck and get everything that we need. Make sure that she doesn't leave this place without you finding your things. Make sure that you get everything that you need to get because that's a rap read. Tonight we are going to welcome her and I want you to lift your hands up before the Lord and say, Father, thank you for her life. Thank you, Jehovah, that you spared her. Maybe she
she wouldn't be here today but you spent and you make sure that she's here with us because you love her so much that father God you walked with her all the way for her to be with us tonight father we thank you for her life father we thank you for the wisdom thank you father for the anointing that's upon her life God almighty we thank you Jehovah that she's one of us not just one of us but she has become a mother to us a rebreed God we pray as she has watered us we pray that you water her we pray that you remember her we pray that you remember her seed we pray that you remember her labor in the name of Jesus tonight we embrace her tonight oh God we say every temple she went through every pain she went through every crying and weeping she did she did it oh God to come and deliver a message for South Africa not just South Africa but for the Eastern Cape and the women of Eastern Cape Father we thank you whatever she's gone through it was meant for us to receive from her we pray therefore that God Almighty you continue shadowing her as you have done upon her life thank you that you are evident as she speaks as she releases the word of God thank you father we give you all the glory all the honor we thank you for her life we thank you for her life Mama, please come. Mom Bishop, we welcome her tonight. We welcome you, woman of God. May the good Lord bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you so much, Apostle. Okay. <laughs> bless you. Hallelujah. What a beginning. It's on us, God. Shall we pray? Let's turn us in. Father, thank you. And to you shall the gathering of the people be Thank you for your unction. Thank you for the oracles of God. Yes, that we speak. Thank you that the words that I speak tonight, they shall be spirit and life to your people. Yes. Thank you that it will change us for good. Thank yes. you that the power, the power of your word shall be revealed in our lives. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. You are my teacher. You are my guide. Yes, Use me to please God Amen. and to touch lives tonight. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, sit down, please. We thank God for yet another session in His presence. And um, I don't hope to be too long tonight. Because tomorrow is Sunday. And I just want to um, 
Thank God again for this gathering. This is a day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. My husband sends his love. I spoke to him. Hallelujah! 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 And he also sends his blessing. Amen. And I also want to salute the apostle and messenger of this house and this ministry, Bishop Bransford. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you and may he honor you as you have honored others. Amen. And I pray that you will know that God gives gifts unto men. Amen. And the gifts he gives are in the form of human lives. And to this commission he has given Bishop Ransford to you. And I pray that you honor the gift of God. I also want to salute all pastors, lady pastors, especially my lighthouse family. <laughs> Hallelujah! God bless you. Sit down. Sit down. Hey. And thank Amen. you all for being here. <laughs> and forgive Luba. their misbehavior. Amen. 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 Well, I just want to pick up briefly from where I left off. When I spoke about the seed of the woman. The Bible said, among other things, in Revelations 12, that and there was given unto her two great wings, or the, the wings of two great eagles. So that she could soar high. And we looked at Isaiah 40, verse 31. Which says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And I want to just talk about waiting on God. Waiting on God. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 31 that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We only need to renew our strength because our strength runs out. And our strength runs out because we use our energies and our strength. And we renew our strength physically by eating well, good nutrition, and sometimes exercise, which is not very popular among black people. And so when we, we, we lose strength or exert strength, 
we get it back to nourishment. In the same way a Christian loses strength. But then when we wait on God, we renew our strength. But the world has become a very fast-paced world that the idea of waiting or being still or being in one place or not going about busybodying is a very strange thing to us. Some of us, we are very good at what you call empty busy. We are busy running, 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 running. Mm. And at the end, you don't know what we have mm. achieved. But the Bible is now talking about waiting on the Lord. The Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life. It means that he is the oxygen that sustains you and I. So to renew our strength, we need to learn the art of waiting on God. And the Bible says that when we renew our strength, we mount up with wings like eagles. We become almost like we are superhuman. But the secret is the ability to wait on God. Amen. 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 And when we mount up with, they said we will run. Because the, the Christian life is one of running. When we look at the book, the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. So the Christian life is a race and a run. And the Bible is saying that when we wait on God, we will run and we will not be weary. Because usually when you don't exercise often, when you run or you walk a few steps, you see that you are panting. But when you run and you are not tired, then it means you have stamina. So waiting on God gives us stamina to run and not to be weary and to walk and not faint. I don't like to preach above people's heads. For example, I don't like to tell people, wait on God and then I don't give them the know-how. And so I just want to run through a few things with you. And um, to wait on God is one of the greatest secrets of the Christian. It is when we spend time with God alone. My husband says that that is one of his greatest secrets. And seven things happen 
when we wait in the presence of God. The first thing is that we develop the most important relationship in our lives. Our work with God is the most important relationship because the Bible says he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. So that when you come and you come into the presence of God just to spend time with him, then you are developing the most important aspect or relationship of your life. The most important relationship in our lives is not marriage. Marriage is God's idea. It's not a Zulu idea. It's not a Tosa idea. It's not a vendor idea. It's not a Tswani idea. It's not an Indebele idea. It is God's idea. And although it is God's idea, it is not the most important relationship in our lives. It's an important relationship, yes. Yes, but it's not the most important. Even parent-child relationship is not the most important. Because in Christ is life. And so our very being and our very living and our very life comes from our relationship with him because he is our creator and our maker. But most women, when they find a beloved, they put God second. Their whole minds are filled with the beloved. Even when they go to work, they can't think straight. They are always stopping to check their phone to see if he has called or he has texted or he has WhatsApped. And then, in our time, your beloved would write to you. Because there was no water. And when your beloved wrote to you, sometimes instead of meditating on the word of God, you meditate on the words. Somebody asked his beloved, were you created or you were crafted? So when he gives you such words, were you created or you were crafted? And then he says that you are his angel. And then you can't sleep. You are just meditating on the words. He said I'm his angel. He said, I'm the most beautiful thing that has ever happened to him. He said, you will be thinking about me. And he gives you raps. Then, then to make the words sweeter, you start to play some music to buttress the facts. 
And you go for a worldly number like Lionel Richie. And then you say, You turn me inside out and you showed me love was about only you. The only one who stole my heart away. He's the only one who stole your heart away. And Christ, who is your life. Christ, who came and died for you. Christ, who has saved you from eternal damnation. You don't meditate on his words. You don't have time for him. And when he writes letters to you, you don't meditate on it. Until your heart gets broken. Until the person lets you down. Then you begin to say God's word is true. But you shouldn't use your life as an experiment. In the laboratory of life. So we need to put first things first. In your personal relationship with God. Is the most important relationship of your life. Naturally you get close to people by spending time with them. Sometimes you don't even intend to get close. But as you work with the person all the time, you see the person all the time, you are going all the time, before you know you are close to the person. And that's why we say, the prudent man sees the evil that is ahead and keeps himself. And so, when you start to spend time with somebody, you naturally draw close. And your relationship begins. And as you spend more time, the relationship becomes stronger. And so it is in our walk with God. Amen. Amen. Waiting on God makes you develop the most important personal habit of all time. It is is said that whatever you do over and over again at least 30 times becomes a habit. Habits like brushing our teeth have become a part of us. At least I hope so. And it's not something you argue about or you think, you know, uh, it's very tiring, it's very difficult, it's very boring. You don't think so because you have done it so much, it has become a habit. But when you were a child, your mother had to keep asking you, have you brushed your teeth? So waiting on God can become a part of you and a habit because of how regularly you do it. Whilst you're waiting on God, it affords us the opportunity to draw near to God. 
And as you draw near to God, he also draws near to you. James 4.8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your heart, you sinners. And purify your heart, you double-minded. So when you draw close to God, he also draws close to you. And waiting on God gives you that opportunity. When God is where he is and you are also far, you remain far. So the honors of being close falls on you and I. As you draw near, he also draws near. Some people want to have friends, but they don't want to draw near. They are always sitting far and they expect somebody to be interested in them. The Bible says he who will show himself, he who will have friends must first show himself friendly. Some of us, that's why we are not getting married. It's not because we are not attractive. It's not because we don't have a nice personality. But we don't know how to draw nigh. As soon as church ends, you are gone. How can we know you and get to befriend you? Some things are not just prayer. Some things are also wisdom. So you will pray, God, bring somebody. But when God brings somebody, you never have time to draw near. Whenever there's a conversation, you don't have any contribution. You have become like what they say in our homes. Christ is the silent listener to every conversation. But the honest is also on you. Even if you are a lady, I am not saying that you should chase the man. But you should be approachable. Sometimes when we say hello to you, we think we have offended you. The way you have made your face, we think we have offended you. Rebecca was found by Abraham's servant because she was approachable. In the olden days, servants wore servants' clothes. And so, when the servant got there, and the servant decided and prayed, God, anybody I asked to give me water, and then the person gives me and my animals, let the person be the one. Nowadays, we are led by the Holy Spirit and not by putting fleeces out. <laughs> but as he finished praying, then Rebecca came along to fetch water. And the man asked her for water. And she said, Oh, surely I'll get it for you. So she gave the man water, then she went back and she drew water for the camels. And the Bible says, And he, wondering at her, said, who are your parents? 
But some of us, the servant cannot even approach us. As soon as he comes and says, please, can you give me water? The face that will meet the person. So sometimes, it's not everything you pray about. Some of the things God makes you want, God wants you to use wisdom. Rebecca was an approachable woman. Abigail was approachable. When things were going on in the house, she didn't know. The servant was able to tell her, oh, this is what has happened. David and his men came and my master wasn't so nice, but these people have helped us. But some of you, if you are the madam of the home, woe betides the servant to come and tell you anything. In the same way, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So when we wait on God, we draw near to him. Waiting on God affords us the opportunity to read the most important book in the world. The Bible is in a class of its own. If you pile all the books on one side, then you put the Bible on one side, with no other book because the Bible is a book on its own. When you go away to wait on God, it is also your personal school of the word. Whilst you are waiting on God, you sit and learn at the feet of the Holy Ghost. The greatest teacher of all time. He gets the opportunity to teach you many things and show you many wonderful revelations in the Bible. John 16, 12 and 13, Jesus says, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth and he will show you things to come. Amen. Amen. So when you go and wait on God, the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth and tells you and shows you things to come. Whilst you wait on God, you increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures. 2 Peter 1, 5 says, and add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Second Peter 1 Peter 1.5 Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Amen? Amen. So we need to add knowledge. Knowledge is not something that you get once and it's gone. But as you go and wait on God, you acquire knowledge in his word. Because God expects you. You have virtue. You have faith. But he expects you to also add onto it knowledge. Second Peter 3.18 says to us that we should grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You cannot just be there. In your knowledge of God, you are supposed to grow. When you go and wait on God, you experience the presence of God. 
There's a hunger in everybody to know God. There's a hunger in every human being God has created for the presence of God. Even in the so-called European countries where they say they don't believe in anything spiritual. They indulge a lot in looking into crystal balls, mm. speeches from psychics to tell them things to come, mm. palmistry, tarot cards, mm. they do all of it. And yet they say, I am not a believer in spiritual things. Amen. Amen. Switzerland, for instance, has the world's highest rate of suicide. Switzerland, And they have everything in the world. They are very rich, whatever, but they have the highest rate of suicide. Because you can have everything but without the presence of God mm. or without God, life has no meaning. In Africa, we don't have much. But knowing God gives us the joy. Amen. Amen. God has put in every man a hunger for him. Now, how do you wait on God? How to develop a strategy for a successful time of waiting on God? We have to set a practical and changeable and regular time with the Lord. One of the most basic ways of waiting on the Lord is quiet time. So the first step is to set a regular time when you meet God, an appointment. We often do the important things last. And if we don't schedule a constant period for that, we will leave it out. For something as basic as quiet time, it usually must start first thing in the morning. In Exodus 34, 2-3, God said to Moses, and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount, and no man shall come up with you. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor the heads feed before that mount. Amen. God wants a private time with you and nobody else. Sometimes a good idea not to go in with your phone. And to fast your phone, fasting. Phone. Because when you are going in to write an exam, you put your phone off. But when you are going in to meet the King of Kings, you think your phone should be on. It's a very uncomfortable thing, but you'll get used to it. 
God said, come up and meet only me. Don't come with anybody else. We withdraw, second strategy, withdraw from the presence of other people. If you don't withdraw, it's not going to be an effective time of waiting. There are times when I have to leave my home in order to wait on God. There are times when I have to go to a nearby town to wait on God. There are times when I have to go to a place, a friend's house, when I know the friend has traveled and I'm going to be alone. Many years ago, my, my dad had a place in my city that he used only when he came to my city. Because he didn't live there. And that was a good place for me to go to. Sometimes I intentionally turn off my phone. One day I needed to wait on God so much. I went with my driver to a point and then I made him drop me there. It was a place where taxis stop. So I made him drop me there with my little suitcase. And I could see the driver was very confused. So, madam, you are getting down here. I said, yes, I'm getting down here. And then I let him leave. I didn't join a taxi because... He will look at which taxi I'm joining to see where I'm going. I didn't want anybody to know where I was going. So I made sure he turned around and he left before I boarded the taxi. And I also turned off my phone. Because I had already said at home that I am going to wait on God. And I know the people in my house, including yours truly, will be looking for me. So I turned off my phone. And I had a wonderful time in his presence. And I came back home the next day. Strengthened and renewed. The ability to shut out the world is important. And concentrate on him. No man must come with you. Amen. Amen. It is not a prayer meeting involving all members of your household. It is not another church service or fellowship meeting. It is an intimate time between you and your God. It is a private moment we must cherish. Moses could not have his waiting time in the presence of others. It is a time when you are alone with God. Intimate relationships are not nurtured in a crowd. That one is deep. It must be possible to withdraw yourself from the company of others so that we can be alone with God. 
If it is possible, we may have to create a private place in our homes where we go to preach, pray, and to meet with God. So when you prosper in your next building plan, build a place where you wait on God. My husband has always had such a place wherever we move to. I now recently also have a place like that. But still, there's a lot of disturbance. And that is why it becomes necessary to leave my home. So that I can be alone with God. The next thing is to create an atmosphere that is conducive for fellowship with God. A good atmosphere cultivates the presence of God and brings a good flow. That is a secret nightclub owners have bought into. So they create a good atmosphere that gives rise to the certain activities. That is why when people are even doing anything fetish, there's a certain type of music they play. It is to bring a certain atmosphere. In the same way, you must learn to be an atmosphere creator. Many years ago, my husband bought me a sound system. And he said, this is an atmosphere creator when you travel. He said, I have learned to always create and dominate my atmosphere. So when he gets to a hotel room, the first thing he does is to sanctify the room. Because his father used to have a hotel and we used to live in there and we know the kind of spirits that can come there. Then after that, he plugs in his atmosphere creator. It may be worship music. It may be a message. Sometimes even the preacher has finished preaching and he's just speaking in tongues and the atmosphere is charged. You too must learn to create atmospheres. Sometimes it's not even only when you are waiting on God, but in your house, in your kitchen when you are cooking, in your room when you are sleeping, you can create the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes even the message is playing, you may not sit to listen to all, but things drop into your spirit as you go along. So consciously create the right atmosphere. Sometimes the atmosphere you create is your own worship. As you worship the Lord, the presence of the Lord fills your room. Because the Bible says the Lord inhabits praises. It means that there's a certain atmosphere in which God's presence thrives. 
It is easier to pray when you have the right atmosphere. Why struggle in an icy and hardened atmosphere when you can change it with some music and worship? Just like the atmosphere in certain dark places induces certain things, mm. the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost will also induce miracles mm. and the presence Amen. of God. Amen. Amen. Seven steps to effective waiting on God. Settle down and pray to begin. It's time to give the Lord praise and worship for his goodness. Pray, thank you the Lord for another day. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for what he has done and what he can and will do. And then ask God to speak to you. The Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. That is irrespective of how you feel. And then ask God to speak to you. And begin to read a book. Like maybe sometimes you have a guideline, a book that guides you to the Bible. So you have the two with you and you begin to read. The most basic way of waiting on God being quiet time. If that's what you are doing, then you have to pray according to Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your holy law. Ask God to open your eyes and to show you things in his word. Read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. There are several ways of choosing your daily Bible reading passage. You can choose a book from the Bible. I have studied books like Esther, books like Ruth, books like Daniel, books like First and Second Samuel, and it has changed my life. And then as you read, make sure that you note where you ended so that you can continue the next time. Sometimes you may decide to just choose a personality from the Bible whose life story you follow. For instance, a few verses from David may teach you a lot of things. Most of my messages are birthed out of my waiting times on God. I have a message called In the Footsteps of David. And as I was studying the life of David, I saw so many remarkable things. And as I come back at other times, I noticed things I didn't notice before. For instance, I noticed that when David did not turn up at the dinner table with Saul, Saul said, he is not pure. 
therefore and if a, a beast has devoured him and i learned from that that people interpret the events on your life differently but you as a child of god must know your own reality when otherwise you will always be lingering between people's opinions i learned that no matter what your enemy does you still, you still need to walk with wisdom even when god protects you because when he confronted Saul, Saul said, oh David, you are more righteous than I am. Come back, come and stay with me. I'm so sorry. But David rather went and hid in the caves. So sometimes, somebody may be calling you that there's peace, come. But the Holy Spirit may be telling you the peace is not real. And you have to run into a cave. How did I learn about all these things? Just waiting on God. Waiting for him to speak to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you choose a personality from the Bible, you follow the life story. Or you can take the passage suggested in your daily reading devotional. When I first became born again, I depended a lot on our daily bread. And then my husband, who was my friend, gave me other books, small books, by other writers like Kenneth Hagen and Fred Price. He gave me books like How to Wait on God. I believe in visions. What to do when faith seems weak and victory lost by Kenneth Hagen. Five hindrances to your faith. And as I went to wait on God, I would go with these books. And whatever verse the person read, I would look it up in the Bible. And usually when you are using a good study Bible, it will lead you to other verses. And as you meditate in it, you become deep in the things of God. And like the apostle quoted from Matthew 6 verse 48, when your house is built on the rock, the storms may come, but the rock is your staying power. And Jesus said that that rock is those who hear the word of God and do it. Later, when you go and share, you sound so deep, so powerful, but it was just you're waiting on God to renew your own strength. Meditate on the word. Think through and soberly reflect on what you have read. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate upon it at the weekends. No. Thou shalt meditate upon it once a week. No. Once a month. No. By annually. Thou shalt meditate upon it when? Day and night. Amen. Why? 
that thou mayest make observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then what happens when you observe to do? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Many of us think prosperity is from other things. But meditating on God's word makes you prosperous. The Bible says when you do that, you make your way prosperous. Many of us misbehave because we don't spend time in his word. Our view of marriage is from the television and from what Mm. our friends at the office say. But if we were to go into the word of God, we will see that marriage talks to husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. I wonder how many husbands are giving themselves to their wives. My and the God. Bible says, and gave himself for it. That he may present it to himself. The Bible says, when you wash your wife with the water of the word, she becomes like a glorious church. Without wrinkle and without spots. So if your wife has pimples, it is your fault. She is supposed to be without wrinkles and without spots. That you may present it to yourself. So whatever you put into a woman, you get out. A woman is like a computer. What you put in is what you get out. But you don't want to read the word. How can you have direction? But when you meditate on his word, I know this verse by, by rote. I, by heart. I know this word by heart. And that is because I meditate on the word. I don't just read. To meditate is to chew over, over and over again to yourself. Why thinking through it? If you don't chew your food properly, it is not absorbed by your intestines. The first place where the food breaks down is in your mouth. So we need to break down the word of God to meditate. So when it if let's say it's Joshua 1 8, you say to yourself, This book, this book, that means it's a particular book. Which book is it referring to? This Bible, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Mm. Oh, out of my mouth. Mm. It means that I should say it over and over again. Mm. This book of the law Mm. shall not depart out of thy mouth, Ah. but thou shalt meditate. 
What does meditate mean? Mm. Meditate means to think deeply Amen. and to think through. Thou shalt meditate upon it. Mm. When? Is it once a week? Is it how I've been doing it? Jesus. No. Day and night. Day and night. That means the word of God is like vitamin tablets. Yes, that the Lord. doctor tells you. Yes, Take Lord. one in the day Amen. and one at night. Amen. Thou shalt meditate upon it. Day and night. And then he says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. So the reason for the meditation is so that I will observe to do according to all that is written. But does God just want me to just do all that is written? So then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Oh, mm. so my prosperity depends on me. Not an angel shall make my way prosperous. Oh, Not even somebody Amen. shall make my way prosperous. Amen. But I shall Amen. make my way prosperous. Oh, and then I shall Amen. have good success. Amen. Good success. Then thou shalt have, I like to walk up and down yes, and I'll say, this Lord. book of the law Hallelujah. shall not depart out of yes, Lord. But thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. Thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Sometimes I even put my name in the verse that I, Adelaide, may observe to do all that is written according to the law. So that thou mayest make thy way prosperous. This is that thou mayest have good success. And then I ask myself in my meditation, is there bad success? Lord, is there bad success? Mm. And the Holy Spirit says to me, yes, there's bad success. There's success based on drugs. Oh. And it looks successful. But the Bible says that thou sh- shalt oh. make good success. Good success is different from bad success. And then as I start to meditate upon it, I go and look at the commentary. And then it will take you back to the book of Proverbs. And it will say, the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow to it. That's the type of prosperity Amen. God is talking about when he says good success. I am teaching this because many Christians don't know how. Amen. So it doesn't matter if it's not a very glamorous message. I know it's important. Amen. Amen. Seven keys to effective meditation. Read the passage slowly. Do not always read a very long passage unless it is necessary. Stop at any verse that strikes you and think about it. God's word is so powerful that only a single word or phrase in a verse is enough to change your life. Always look out for that single word that can change your life. Think about the meanings of the words you are reading. Think about how the scripture applies to life in your generation. Think about how the scripture applies to you personally. 
Whisper to the Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit, to understand your word. Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And God will give it to you. Some of us, the only prayer topics we have are about carnal things. You don't have any spiritual prayer topic. He said, it, Reverend, when it comes to spiritual things, I don't know what to pray about. But the Bible has many spiritual prayer topics. Especially prayed by the Apostle Paul. An example is Ephesians 1.17. Paul is praying and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom yes, and Lord. revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. This is a verse I pray often. The spirit of wisdom. God grant me the spirit of wisdom. And revelation. Is revelation. Is in the knowledge of you. Because when I have the spirit of wisdom, I will take the right decisions. When I have the spirit of wisdom, I will take the, make the right choices. And when I have the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him, I will not be like the two people walking on the road of Emmaus that they didn't know that it was Jesus they were walking mm. with. Because Christ will be revealed to me. So you say, Holy ah. Spirit, help me. Then think of a practical way to implement the scriptures you have learned. Without thinking of a new... A, of a practical way to apply the scripture directly, it will lead to no benefit to you. If you have more time, move into deeper Bible study. And make further references to things that strike you during your quiet time. And make references note down things that strike you also in your waiting time. There are times you will need to have longer times. There are times God may minister to you about something. You must be prepared to study further. This is why it is good to invest in a good reference Bible, which many of you don't have. Look through the passage again for many of the following as are possible. What does the passage teach me about God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Is there a promise for me to believe in this scripture and to claim? There's a promise to claim. In, uh, uh, um, Joshua 1 8. That you make your way prosperous. And that you have good success. Is there a command for me to obey? Or a good uh, example for me to follow? Is there 
a warning for me or a bad example for me to avoid? Are there any conditions attached to any promises of God? For instance, if Matthew 6.33 says, and all other things shall be added unto you, there's a condition. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is there a prayer for me to pray or remember? All these things help us to go deeper into the Bible. God provides many helpful aids, books, and things written by his ministers to help us. Write down whatever the Lord tells you. The very fact that you brought a notebook or your iPad or whatever you have is that you have faith in an invisible God. You believe that he has spoken to you. And you have written down his words. Spend time now praying to the Lord so that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you will pray for not so long. But when you are waiting, you pray for a long time. As your prayer time becomes longer and longer, you get to the place where you desire longer times with the Lord. During the prayer time, God will speak to you through his spirit. There are things God has to tell you directly through his spirit apart from his word. The Holy Spirit will lead you into those things. There are many times maybe things are happening and I don't have any spiritual insight into them. But as I go and wait on God, I get to a point where I think I'm praying. Sometimes God speaks whilst you are praying. At other times, he speaks when you are just quiet before him. And he begins to explain things to you. God explained to me what a wilderness experience is. God reveals things about you that you will not otherwise see. Many years ago, in 1998, I came into full-time ministry. I was happy to come and serve the Lord full-time. But I had one major problem. The mouths of people. I was worried that people would say that my dress is from the offering. That my shoes were from the pledges. That my handbag was from the fundraising. And I thought to myself, I said to God, I went to wait on God actually, and I said to God, God, I think you are telling me it's time 
to come. It's not my husband who called me into full time. Ministry. He nurtured me, but the decision had to come from me. And so I told God, You are not my problem, it's the church people. You are not my problem, it's the public. As soon as I come full time, they will start to say, My things are from the church. Lord, you and I know my family background. You and I know my father is a very rich man. You know that I've never been in need. And you know that my father took me on holidays abroad. You know that my father always bought me my clothes, my shoes, my everything. And in case you forgot, I'm also a lawyer. How can I now come full time and then people will be talking by heart? As I was waiting and talking to God, I suddenly came to a quiet moment. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Ah, you are filled with pride. It is one of the most shocking revelations to me. And you know how we are. When God tells us something, we argue. I said, God, have you forgotten? Even my church members say I'm so humble. How can you now change and say I'm proud? He said, listen to yourself. What is my You are saying my father is this. I have this. My background is this. I am this. What hast thou that thou dost not receive? And is your reputation greater than obeying me? I fell on my knees and I started crying in my closet. I said, Lord, I repent. I never knew that I was proud. You have surprised me. But today, I come to your altar and I put all myself down. And the Lord took me to Philippians. Who being equal to God. Who being God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But humbled himself unto death. Even death on the cross. Mm. Amen. And when I saw that, <laughs> I said if Jesus who owns everything Oh. He is the creator. The Bible says without him was not anything made that ah, was made. Amen. He has humbled himself to come from heaven to this earth of ours. Then you, your small blessing, you say you are what? You mm. say you are what? Oh. I lifted up my hands. I started to cry. And I wept. And I said that and I said that to Jesus. Yes, I surrender. All to him. To him I freely give. 
It was a time of waiting. A time of withdrawing. A time when God can get your attention. He cleansed me of pride. Because the Bible says pride comes before a fall. The Bible says God resists the proud. Oh, how God would have resisted me and I wouldn't have even understood. But he gives grace to the humble. I left that home with renewed strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like They shall run and not be weak. And they shall walk and they shall faint. Wait thou on the Lord. And he will sustain thee. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet please. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. I want you to talk to God. Lord I want to be intimate with you. I don't want my, my, my relationship with you to be just church. I don't want my relationship with you to be just shallow. I want to know you for myself. I want to be intimate with you. I want to be personal with you. And Lord, from this meeting, I am going to cultivate the habit until it becomes a habit of waiting on you, just you and I. For therein lies my strength. Talk to God. He kabala mushandeni mama. Kiyande ne mama kore bashande ne mama ila kayande ne mama deliver us from the deception of being busy deliver us from the deception of urgent things calling for our attention deliver us from the deception of thinking that when we pray we have wasted our time deliver us oh god from the deception that we can do everything with our strength and manually but lord help us to come to that place where we wait on you and where we draw strength from you. Jesus, reveal yourself to us in new ways. Speak to us in the night watches. Help us to actually make time for you. Help us to spend time in your presence so that we can be changed from glory to glory. Oh, let that be our story. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. Let the word of God be a sword in our hand. Oh, renew our strength, oh God. They that wait upon you shall renew their strength. Teach us to wait on you. Give us the grace, Lord. Give us the grace. 
I have made you too small in my eyes. Help me. Oh Lord, yes, forgive me. And I have believed in a lie. Oh, that you were unable to help me. But now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. Oh, heal my heart and show yourself strong. to speak to the Lord to be magnified. Be magnified above your personal timetable. Be magnified above your business. Be magnified above your agenda. Be magnified above your priorities. Oh, be magnified. Be magnified, Jesus. Be magnified above our own timetables and our plans. There is nothing you can't do. You can't do. Oh Lord, my eyes are on you. Yeah, be magnified. Oh Lord, be be magnified above our personal timetables be magnified above our busy schedules be magnified above our plans which are small plans be magnified above that which we deem important be magnified and may our relationship with you be more the most important relationship in our lives anything oh God that has become an idol in our lives we set it aside and we make you the center of our lives be magnified Jesus 
Be magnified, Jesus. Teach us to wait on you so that we can hear from you. Teach us to wait on you so that we can deal with the attacks of the enemy. Teach us to wait on you so that we can bind things that have to be bound and lose things that have to be loosed. Give us the grace to wait on you. Deliver us from the deception of this age. Deception that these things are not powerful. Deliver us from them. Lord, give us a knowledge of you. Give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Before I sit down, you are here tonight. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. Life is not about just being on this earth. And about things just working for you on this earth. There is an eternity. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need to be more serious with God. If you are like that here this evening, you want to be sure of your salvation and of your destination after this life. You want to stop playing games with God and be serious. You want me to pray for you. Lift up your hands high above your shoulders. Forget about who is on your left or who is on your right. It's not about dignity. It's not about reputation. It's about humbly coming to the cross. You are like that here this evening. Let your hands go high above your shoulder. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need to give my life to Christ. Let it go high above so I can see. Father, thank you. If you've put your hand high up, come forward. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work you are doing. Come. Come to Jesus. Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants to give you a new beginning. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've come forward, Mean this prayer with all your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight, tonight I come to your cross. I come to your cross. I come to you. I come to you. And I invite you. And I invite you into my life. Into my life. Jesus. Jesus. Come in. Come in. And be the Lord. And be the Lord. And the master. And the master of my life. Of my life. I have been my own master. I have been my own master. But tonight. But tonight. I live my life. I live my life. In your hands. In your hands. Wash me. Wash me from all my sins. From all my sins. Thank you. Thank you. For coming to die. For coming to die. On the cross. On the cross. To save me. To save me. Thank you. Thank you. For rising from the dead. For rising from the dead. To give me. To give me eternal life. Eternal life. And thank you. I thank you. That by this prayer. That by this prayer, I've been translated. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom. Into the kingdom of your dear son. Of your dear son. Thank you. Thank you for a new life. For a new life in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Father, I pray for these. I commit them to your hands. I pray that you will keep them. I pray that they will grow in the things of God and they will not fall back. I pray that they will know you and their roots will go deep down in you. And I pray that through their lives, many other lives will be impacted. Lord, make their lives beautiful and sort them out in every area of their lives. Thank you for answered prayer. I break the hold of Satan and darkness over their lives. And I set them free to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. I have some books as gifts for you. God bless you. Continue to come to church and to grow in the things of God. Thank you. You may take your seat. Thank you, Apostle. Thank you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone Every step that I take Every moment I'm away Lord have your way Lord have your way Oh I give you my heart It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.